Hello, hello. Welcome back to another GVO podcast, the good vibes only podcast, where we are uncut and uncensored. I'm here today with one of my good friends, Carl. And okay, this week I had like a bit of an existential crisis about the whole war going on in Europe, <laughs> the whole fucking Russia thing. And we have no prof- like professionals around us, but my man Carl is the fucking goat when it comes to like geopolitics and shit. He's like my number one go-to guy because I don't know shit. I, I'm pretty uh, technological and uh, politics terrible. <laughs> I'm absolutely terrible. Mr. Carl, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Carl. I hope everyone is having a good week and is ready for a banging podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, okay, so... This week, we had like the subject, uh, veterinary profession, and it pretty much entails like a veterinarian from like across the country in Hungary comes to us and they give us like perspective on how it is to be a, a veterinarian pretty much. And he, the guy owns a pig farm. And he said because of this whole fucking war in Ukraine, like his pig farm, it's just gone to shit because yeah, he's making a loss basically he, he literally told me like he told like the group that the uh he barely gets because wheat prices got so high inflation got so high yeah. that the production cost does not equal the commodity cost so like what he gives out he can't get in and what he's giving out he's not receiving so like he's selling his pigs but he's not getting the money because the the money is being used by the slaughterhouse to pay their own debts yeah because gas at the moment is just terrible and uh i i just asked call i f- i found this very weird uh coincidence right so like world war one europe europe world war two europe, europe. Ukraine war, fucking Europe. Exactly. And I I was wondering, I was sitting on the bus and I was thinking, do you think it's just because it's cold as shit in Europe that the people just get fucking depressed and they just start, you know, the bad weather just makes them want to have war? No, I don't think so at all. I I think (laughs) what it is is that Europe is like the hotspot at the moment in terms of economy and like where people want to be. Like Europe is the main trend. But, like, uh, Europeans are just stupid, man. (laughs) I swear to God. Like, if they were to, uh, like, you have the brain power of Asian countries, you would be such better off. Because, like, Asia right now is doing bits. Like, you see India. Country poor as shit. Like, they're literally in the dust. But they're going to be the most populated... uh, like country by like 2050 and which surpasses china and like its economy is growing like its gdp is growing by like six percent every year and like in europe which is already a rich country the economy doesn't grow by like more than five percent a year if you're lucky like if you get 45 percent in europe like that would be a really good year so asia like europeans have to be careful because like the asian countries are catching up fast like especially like China, Japan, South Korea, they're already pretty big and they're like about to explode because of this war. They're going to overtake so many countries. 
uh, Taiwan is always in a good state. And now, like the rest of Asia, if they know how to exploit their resources wisely, they will catch up. And I think more and more, the companies based in the EU will start to transfer and base their headquarters in Asia. And then I think in the next like 30 to 50 years, I think Asia will be the hotspot of the world. I think everyone will start to move to Asia. Do you know why I think Asia is popping off so, so good? Child labor. 100%. It's because they have these fucking 10-year-olds fucking working in the factories. And then, I mean, how can you produce more for less? I think Cheap labor. Cheap labor. I think it's also communism plays a big part. Like, if you see Europe, it's all democratic. Apart from, like... Uh, Russia, which is obviously the <laughs> communism, and then there is a the country which is next to Russia. The name isn't coming to you at the moment. What more southwards, like no, Kazakhstan? No, no, that, that no, no right next, not Bulgaria. Well, like right next to uh, Russia, it's. For those who can't see, he's quickly going on Google Maps just to Belarus. <laughs> fact check. Belarus, yeah, that's the country. Like, Belarus is a dictatorship. Like, Belarus is the only uh, European country which is a dictatorship. And uh, Russia is the only European country which is a communis- communism. That's why Belarus is helping Russia. And so, my big question is, you, you talk about how Asia is becoming this central hotspot but during pretty much the whole 1900s it was all like america capitalism was this whole driving force do you think we'll have a change in like world orders if i can say it like that where you get this main capitalistic view from america and where it gets switched around because guys just take a look America is too shit at the moment. Like, I think just governmentally, like internally, they are destroyed. They still run economy great. They run everything great. But at the moment, they just, how can I say it? Sleepy Joe ain't doing shit at the moment. Yeah, but I think by America not being involved, it's already benefiting a lot from this war. Because it's basically Europe is getting all of its gas, or I'd say a good 50-60% of yes. its gas. So I, from I like checked America. it up, I checked it up. 48 from, okay, so Russia provides 48% of EU's gas. Yeah. And it's like 43% of the governmental, governmental revenue for Russia, all from EU, yeah. all from gas. And it's just exactly... Europe is, I think from this whole war currently in Ukraine, it is uh, Europe that is the yeah. shit show in this. They are the, they are the fan getting struck by shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, Europe is uh, suffering greatly, not because of the war directly, because, but of like the ripple on effect. So Europe, its main com- the EU, the main competitors of Europe are obviously the US. China and Japan, give or take. 
But this war made Europe, the EU specifically, more dependent on these countries. So by its increase, like the, the increase in the, its dependence, it will make them fall back. Because until they can, e, the EU can find like a backup plan to make itself more stable so it can depend less, the other countries were already had a boost forward. So the gap between the EU and the other countries in terms of financial power will be large still. Like it's a pretty precarious situation and it's not it's not pretty, I'd say. So you think uh, we have this professor, he, give, he gives us agri-economics and every lecture you just end, yeah, this winter is going to be fucking tough. Yeah, proper <laughs> Game of Thrones shit. I just imagine that exact scene in Game of Thrones with like, yeah, winter is coming. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that. I fucking feel like that. I mean, to put it in perspective, based on inflation only, I'm buying the same amount of products. Since when compared to last year, I'm spending a minimum of 50 to 60 euros more. I'm so here I'm on scholarship. I shit myself because my scholarship only pays a certain amount. I don't yeah. have other money. And with inflation being crazy, I checked uh, stats up. Last year, the EU inflation was around 3%. Yeah, which is not bad. Bad. I mean, 3% inflation is, I, I can do with that. This year, it's like going from 9 to 10%. That is almost triple the inflation. Yeah. And that's not even including Hungary. Hungary is currently facing like, I think, 20%. Yeah, Hungary's are averaging around 20%. And on certain products like dairy, it's averaging around 66% increase. <laughs> so like if the milk was one euro last year, it's now costing one euro 66 cents, which is mad. No, that is ridiculous. And uh, like uh, the, the cows stay the same. Like, it, they didn't bring in some, like, new breed of cows, which makes the milk holy. <laughs> and you fucking... Just bits of gold between yeah. the milk. You're just sipping gold. <laughs> no. And I was wondering, this week I was thinking, do you... Okay, let's say tomorrow, tomorrow, Putin is in a good mood. He shakes hands with one or other, I don't know what the Ukraine president is. Shakes hand with him and say, you know what? It is what it is. We fucking move on. The war is finished. We're done. Is is everything just, you know, by a snap of a finger, just going to get better? Because I feel like this is a... There's levels to this shit. Because we just came back from COVID, which was a terrible economical, pretty much disaster yeah, throughout a, the world. It was quite a black hole, I'd say. Yeah. And like the countries were recovering and then this hit. And I mean, now we have even, okay, so the main reason why I would say cost is getting more expensive is oil is very, very expensive at the moment. Heating in general is just expensive and just this whole chain of reaction is happening and that's causing like all these commodities to rise so much. And I can't see how... Literally, Putin shaking his hand with this president is solving the problem of our veterinary profession guy who the slaughterhouse, the slaughterhouse doesn't even pay him money for his pigs. 
Because they don't even have money. I don't think, in theory, it would solve the problem. But because of the ban uh, the EU placed on Russia, that it can't sell its gas to Europe. Uh, that is what's holding Europe from progressing if the world were to end tomorrow. Because even though they will like the war will cease they still can't buy the russian gas they're still gonna have to buy the american lng and like the oil from like the saudi arabia like libya and so on so even if the war would stop uh the uh, gas gas and electricity prices will stay the same and also what would make it worse if the war stops it would be the cereals because like Ukraine has a very large effect on Europe because it's very agricultural. Like Ukraine exports so much wheat, barley, and rice to uh, the EU. So if Ukraine, let's say, were to be occupied by Russia, the ban is still placed on Russia that it can't export stuff to the EU. So that means that the EU can't access the agricultural resources that Ukraine, which now would be Russia, had. So it has to find another like country to which they can buy these products from. So Russia will need to find... No, not Russia, because Russia, if, if Russia occupies Ukraine fully, let's say Ukraine uses the war, those Ukraine resources will end up with Russia. Yes, yes. All the agriculture, all the wheat, all the yeah, barley will just stay with Russia. Yeah. Stay with Russia. But Russia can't export anything to EU because of the ban. So the EU can't buy the cereals and the wheat that it used to from Ukraine, from Russia, because of the ban. So that means the EU will need to start buying like these agricultural products from other countries, which will make inflation soar even more. But what is even the other options? I mean, the other options, South America is very agricultural in terms of uh, rice, uh, Asian countries because of their like monsoon weather, because rice is grown in paddy fields. You know what a paddy field is? It's, a, it's like, it's sort of like a, like a swamp. Okay. Like rice is grown in like a field which is flooded with water. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen pictures of this. I, yeah, I don't the, know where, but it's I, the, I... It's the paddy field. So, like, to grow rice, you need uh, certain climates. In terms of, like, uh, other... Like, you could always go to the US, because the US produces everything I mean, in such mass quantity. <laughs> it's, like, crazy. That, and, like, the, the strangest thing for me is, like, the US, they produce so much, but they still need to import... Because they use also so much. They can't even, like, you know, provide just for themselves. They need more from the outside to provide them. And it's literally just a black hole of shit just getting sent. And that's why one of the reasons as to the EU do not want Russia winning this war is because of, in terms of, like, this agricultural sector problem. Like, obviously, there is the moral issue like just can't take a country if you want it because like if if they use like okay russia you can just take ukraine don't really care <laughs> just start taking like other countries around it and the same would go for, like 
other countries, especially like in Asia, like China and Japan, can conquer so many countries that they really want to. China just wants to take Taiwan. <laughs> like yeah. China already sees Taiwan yeah. as part of them, but Taiwan is like, fuck China, I'm not in, part in of fact, this. Like Taiwan's name is not Taiwan. It's like the Taiwan Republic of China. I know, right? <laughs> which is messed up. <laughs> and it's not even part of China. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I... I just hope there's, you know, there's a good future laying in us. Because I feel like through all human history, there's always bullshit. And we always figure a way, you know, out of all this bullshit. World War I was terrible. You know, that was just, all countries just got shit on. And then, it's, you know. It started off in a such a stupid way, by the way. World War I. How did it start? By the assassination of like a uh, Austrian-Hungarian like ambassador. By the Serbian, wasn't like the Serbs or something? Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, eventually the Serbs were blamed. <laughs> and they were just blamed. They, they. Yeah, and like this as ambassador, like the Austro-Hungarian Empire, because it was an empire, yeah. Austro-Hungary. Like this ambassador got killed, and like this empire was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Like, we're going to go to war. And then, like, Germany backed Hungary in the First World War. So Germany took two L's, like, in the First World War and the Second World War. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's taken a third L in this war. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Germany is also... Yeah. They're struggling the most no, at the moment. Yeah, because, like, Germany's struggling the most because it's found in the center of Europe, right? And uh, the Russian pipeline is passed to Germany. Russian pipelines pass to Germany and then Germany spreads them to the rest of Europe. Okay. So Germany gets the first gets the first access to the oil. That that be, that's being cut off. So Germany is the first to suffer. <laughs> Germany is also an exporting country. Like it makes think about what Germany makes. It makes such technology like all those vehicles, the Volkswagens. All they BMWs, you must BMWs. They just export, 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 and uh, with this war, they're exporting less because they're producing less. So like they they have to turn. They have to, they're spending more money on electricity, on food, etc. So their obviously production is going to decrease because you have a finite amount of capital. So if you're spending more on electricity, heating, and food. Uh, Something has to give. Yeah. That's the production. And since the production is dropping, their their sales are dropping. And in this type of climate, usually when you drop the sales or when you drop production, you increase the prices yeah, yeah, to yeah. compensate. But since it needs money real badly to pay off the gas and electricity and the food, it can't increase the prices. So the prices are staying the same and the production is dropping. So they're making less money per month from their sales. And I mean, even if you increase the price, even if you increase the price of saying that what you are exporting, we just came out of COVID. No yeah. country has fucking money. No one, no one will buy them because they know that eventually Germany will start to cripple and they'll have to lower the prices eventually. Like regardless of the situation, it will lower the prices. So let's say if I'm being stubborn and I keep the prices at 100 euros, but my costs are constantly increasing because of this war and I need money quick. 
Like I need cash quick. Like it ha it's a natural reaction that I will drop the price even though even if even though I don't want to, because I need the money. Yes. So the countries will be like, okay, we'll just wait it out because they're not being affected by the war. They'll just wait wait it out, wait till the price drops, and then they'll buy. Like in fact, I the I'm predicting, obviously after like such a big inflation there will be a recession and a market crash so during the market crash the people the, the europeans with large amount of capital will benefit and foreign countries not in the eu will benefit because during that uh, market crash you invest a lot because you have a lot of capital and everything would be cheap because the market would have crashed but then when they start to rebound you'll make a lot of profit that's what it's similar. A similar thing happened with crypto, like in around January, February time, when uh, the U.S. announced that it was in a recession. So a recession is when your GDP is negative for two consecutive quarters. Okay. Because the GDP is calculated over four quarters, like the year is split up into four quarters, and if you're making a loss in two consecutive quarters, so like half the year, that means you're in a recession. And when the, U the U.S. entered in recession, the stock market crashed. Like the crypto crashed. Really? Yeah, yeah. So like, I know I know a lot of people lost a lot of money. Like I have a friend of a friend, he lost like seven grand of crypto overnight because the market just crashed. But but I feel like crypto is also like a very uh, fugazi, fugazi type of thing. If you know from the Wolf of Wall Street uh, quote, you know, Matthew McConaughey. Fugazi, Fugazi, yes. I, I feel like there's a lot of external influence that can just change the market. I mean, Elon Musk, he's just, my man just makes Teslas and SpaceX. He tweets about like Dogecoin and something. Yeah, he tweets something and like it affects the market greatly. And I mean, what, what market is, where can the, when the volatility is that much, you know, where... One Twitter, <laughs> one Twitter comment. Yeah, but it's a, it's a high risk, high reward situation. So, for example, like uh, Kim K, Kim uh, Kardashian, Kim, yeah, Kim yeah. Kardashian. She's currently in the news because <laughs> she she promoted, uh, like she mentioned the uh, crypto in one of her stories, but it wasn't like a paid promotion. Like it was, it was like her opinion, what she thought on the, on like the matter, and she mentioned it. And because of it, the it affected the crypto sector. And now she has to pay like $1.24 million in tax to the government. Because she sort of <laughs> promoted the crypto sector like inadvertently without, without her even. That wasn't even her intention, you know. Like she has to pay $1.24 million because of this like story that she posted. Uh, but do you think she also profited from this whole situation? You know, like, by mentioning it, maybe she had, like, large amount of, you know... I don't think so, because crypto is currently down at the moment. Like, I invested uh, 40 euros into crypto in the summer. I had made, uh, in the first week, I had made 10 euros. So I invested 40 euros. After a week, I had 50 euros. Now... Like over the last month, crypto was down from 50, like my, my, the value of my stocks were 50 euros. They went down to 35. I lost 15 euros just like that. But now it's back to like 38, 39. 
So it's slowly rebounding, but the crypto was still down. So I don't think she benefited from it at all. But I mean, so this is just you talking about small money now, but from 40 euros to gain 10 euros of... Yeah, like... That's 25% yeah, people. Like, that's fucking so much money. Like, if you work with large quantities with millions and millions of dollars. Like imagine I invested 400 euros instead of 40 euros. 100 euros, boom. I would have gotten 100 euros in a week. I would have taken that money and ran. Now, but yet again, now you mentioned how... You have this whole recession going through and everything like that. And I wonder, it's this weird thing I started noticing here in Hungary. It's, you have this large amount of people with a lot of money, with a lot of capital, yeah. who drive around in their very nice BMWs, only like one or two. And then the majority of the people around them drive in shitty cars because Hungary is actually a poor country. It's it's re it's not Germany. It's not Mu Munich where everyone drives around in nice cars. Hungary is actually poor. No, Hungary is a really poor country. And like compared compared to the countries around it, so like Romania, Albania, Bosnia, Montenegro, it's not that bad compared to those countries. But com um, uh, uh, but compared to like mainland Europe, it's it's pretty poor i'd say even poland is richer than hungary right now and i mean you don't even compare africa to this because africa is too shit <laughs> i mean it depends north africa so like egypt tunisia algeria libya morocco it's okay but it's when you start getting to the congos the rwandas <laughs> you know where it's just the people with the fucking donkeys yeah, donkey like cars when no? you start getting to the senegals the ivory coasts the somalis with their pirates and now i see all these people with these large amount of money in in hungary because you say yeah hungary is a poor country but yet again every second third car is this pumped out bmw yes, and it's because like the saying like the rich get richer but the poor get poorer because the rich know when to invest and they have the funds and the capital to capital to invest. And what they do is they invest in their investment. So like what usually rich people do, like CEOs of a company, like the owner of the company doesn't understand understand shit. But the C the CEO and the like their financial advisor of the owner of the company just feed him information. Yeah. So the CEO is pretty much. He gets information from all the different branches of your company and then and he, he just... he feeds it to the owner. So the owner knows, like, if the CEO tells the owner the country's doing, the company's doing bad, the owner will believe the CEO. Yeah. But, like, if the CEO is telling him, if the CEO and the financial advisor tell him, for example, to, uh, like, present him with a portfolio and they'll be like invest in like this African country because it's gonna, gonna boom. Like he reviews the portfolio and doesn't think about it too much because he doesn't understand that much and he will invest. Like that's a similar thing with crypto. Like the, these guys who benefit so much from crypto is because they pay people to bring them inside information. 
So like there, are, there would be people who and we mentioned Elon Musk earlier. There would be people who would know wh- when and where Elon Musk is tweeting and what it's going to be about. So let's say if Elon Musk says something, and these financial people, these financial insiders know that's going to affect crypto badly, they'll tell to the the crypto owner they'll be like sell now, like like withdraw all your money. Elon Musk tweets. Crypto goes down, they'll tell the same person, reinvest the same amount of money that he took out. Like, since the crypto would, would have crashed, you're still investing this, you, you still would be investing the same amount of money that you took out. So, you're not making a profit nor a loss. But when the crypto rebo- like booms again, that's where you make your profit. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this because that's pretty much insider trading and insider trading is very illegal, you know, that's not, that's, that's a big no, no in the financial world. But I think what rich people have is they have excess capital, you know, poor people, they live from salary to salary. They don't have that large amount of savings, but once you get big money, you start getting extra money you can play around with you know and this extra money you can start playing around with like you mentioned you get this opportunity to make more pro- more profits the rich just get keep on getting richer because they have money where they can just you know i'm not struggling i might as well just throw a hundred thousand euros okay that's this is very big numbers but 100,000 euros into crypto, see where I can get, you know, maybe even 40,000 euros, boom, just like you got 10,000 euros, just like that. Rich, just keep on getting rich. And the aim of the rich is not to save money, it's to spend money. Like, the more money you spend, the more the rich person will benefit. And why? Because if you spend money, it's an investment. It will return it will kind of it will either return or it will make a loss and like collapse the project. But like I'd say, good sixty to seventy percent they return. If you keep them stagnant in your bank account, your money is doing nothing. Your money needs not to your work mo- for your you. money. The, your money will drop because the the government will tax you on that money. So like let's say you have one million euros, and you spend nine hundred thousand of the of that one million into investments. And you only have a hundred grand in your account. The government can only tax you on a hundred grand. And if the let's say six hundred thousand of the nine hundred thousand that you invested returns, you will end up with a total like asset total capital of let's say one point four million. But if you keep that same million in that bank account without investing, the the government will tax you on that money. So you're not you're not gonna make a profit. Because you're not investing and the government is actually taking away money. Yeah. So you're going to make a loss by by leaving your money in your bank account. And naturally you have inflation also. So if you have a million dollars just sitting in your bank account, inflation is increasing, your money is staying the same, actually just decreasing like you just mentioned. What is the point of that? But rich people have that... I want to say you have that freedom where they're like, okay, I know I have money and I can use it and you can start 
using that 900,000 for your money to start working for you where you get where your money grows more than inflation and it yeah. just keeps on increasing and i i have this so i read around for example with the covid pandemic if you're a large company and at the beginning of the pandemic you invested into a factory which makes toilet paper and masks <laughs> Not legit. Think about how many how many people went to supermarkets and bought packets of masks and packets of toilet papers. Like supermarkets were literally selling out all their toilet papers and masks in like a day. I remember, but I think this is just human nature where you just start panic selling or panic buying. Yeah, yeah. I remember like COVID got announced, people started shitting themselves. Literally and figuratively, because all the toilet papers were just gone. You would like walk into the supermarket, all your essentials, all the essentials that people need day to day, toilet paper, gone. So like imagine these companies, they invest in these sort of projects, the toilet paper. Even if you keep the price of the toilet paper the same, with all that increased sales, you will make money. Now let's say... You increase one roll of toilet paper more by three cents. The people wouldn't care because everyone needs toilet paper. Yeah. it's, it's So they will just keep on buying it regardless, even if it's three cents more expensive. They'll just keep on buying it without even caring. That's like, that's the dangerous thing in terms of the buyer because you're at the mercy of the producer. So for example, here in Hungary regarding this milk thing you can't live without milk can you You can't live without bread like even if you're like poor poor and you don't buy meat you don't buy vegetables you have to eat something and what are you gonna buy you're gonna buy bread pasta and milk like and butter if these products increase in price there's nothing you can do about it you still need to live yeah yeah so you're still gonna need to eat and even though you're buying the cheapest stuff possible by them increasing in price it will hurt your bank account, but you can do nothing about it. And that's like really, really scary if you're on the wrong side of it. Because obviously if you're the one producing, you're going to be making bags. Yeah, and I feel like, so back to the whole, I feel we have this huge, okay, so I read around, there's this this, this thing called, you research it a bit, the Pareto Principle, okay. the 80-20 rule. So long ago, there was this, I don't know if it was a philosopher or something, but he, he recognized that eight, in Italy, 80% of the country was run by 20% of the population, you know? And it's, it's very cool. It's, it's, I love maths. And you find it in so many places. Microsoft, same, same thing, the Pareto Principle. In Technology they develop and code they create from 80% of the problems is found in 20% of the code. Yeah. So once you can identify that, okay, 20% of the code, this is the 20% of the code that is wrong. 80% of all the problems lie within it. So why focus on this whole 100% uh, code where you can just identify what is wrong and you can fix it. But I feel during this whole COVID economic recession or all this, you have the rich 
the, the Pareto principle is not staying 80-20 anymore. It is turning into a... 95-5. Yes. You have 5% of the population, you know, controlling 95% of the country. You have Elon Musk, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, mm. these guys, Jeff Bezos. These guys, they are like the top one 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 point one one zero zero one percent of the in of uh you know of the richest people in the world and these guys pretty much have like 90 percent of something of the money in usa isn't it yeah. something crazy like that don't quote me on this but crazy and i see this more and more in the day-to-day -day life like just walking around i mean you have this 5% of the people driving around in their new BMW, their new Mercedes, their new everything in the, hung in the Hungarian streets. And the other 95% of the cars are people that just try to survive, I mean, you know? That's why, uh, like, Mark Zuckerberg had to rename Facebook. Because Monopoly is, it's not, it's not illegal, but it's a forbidden, like, it's an unwritten rule. Like, you can't have Monopoly in a country. So when Mark Zuckerberg, he had Facebook, he bought Instagram. WhatsApp also. WhatsApp. He was making moves towards Snapchat. Like, oh, that started to, started to form a monopoly. That's why he was taken up to court. It was like, because they were like, this is a monopoly. This is dangerous. Like, if you decide, for example, that all these apps that everyone uses to a day-to-day -day basis are not, you don't have to pay for these apps. Like, it's unfair. Like, it will be dangerous because you'll make so much money, like people lose a lot of money. So that's why he had to sort of, in fact, when you open up Instagram, notice at the bottom, it says like, owned by Beta. Uh, meta, Meta. Meta, yeah, Meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he had to do that because under the name of Facebook, it would have been a monopoly. But under the name of meta it's sort of like they're two separate identities controlled by the same person but the fact that two separate identi identities it doesn't make them a monopoly i i thought he called it meta because of the metaverse because he's like the main driving force of the whole you know this digital world yeah but that's that's like this is the reason why meta came about like if he hadn't if like if the, if the government didn't take him up to court Meta wouldn't have been created. Now, now, do you think, okay, social media, we all use day to day. I mean, you'll probably listen to this on Spotify. I don't know yeah. if this, I don't know if that is a social media. No, I wouldn't well, say that. It's a platform. It's a, it's a platform. platform. It's a social platform. Yes, a social platform where you have YouTube, Instagram. I mean, it is a big problem today. Everyone is addicted to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is addicted TikTok, to this crazy. Oh, I have a friend. <laughs> So, luckily, I don't have TikTok. Fucking bless my soul. But he says the algorithm is so brilliantly done that no matter how many times, like, he just swipes up and it's content that he wants. You know, it is every single time he, like, goes to the next video, it is something that stimulates him. It's something that he actually wants to see that is funny for him that it's never not funny. It's never not, you know, oh, I'm not interested in this bullshit. That's, you know? that's one of the reasons, you know, for example, when you, 
download a new app that asks you, do you want to allow just the essential cookies or do you want to allow the essential cookies plus some extra cookies which are not essential? You know, and the, or you have like the dismiss. Yeah, yeah, allow cookies or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. If you only allow essential cookies, like th- th- this thing that happened to your friend will happen less. Because by allowing essential cookies, basically you're allowing uh, your phone to use the app. Like you're, like you're allowing the company to access the most basic data for the app to function on your phone. But if you allow the non-essential cookies, that means they can track what you watch and what you don't watch and just they'll keep you feeding the stuff that you watch. Now, I don't know if I would see that necessarily as a bad thing, you know, like... It's not a bad thing, but if you know that you have a problem and like you want to solve the issue, try, just try pressing allow essential cookies only and you'll see the difference. Okay, and then all the, you know... The tracking of the bullshit content on almost that will stop. Yes. It will be much less frequent. No, and I, I was and I was thinking, you know, social media is a terrible thing, but I think at the same instance, so the other day I uh Mark Zuckerberg, this guy, even though he looks like a lizard, <laughs> straight up lizard. He, I think he's building, his intentions are great because he wants to build a world where, you know, you can communicate with a bunch of people without even even seeing them, you know. You can communicate socially through all these different platforms. And yeah, I, yes, yeah, it's... It's honestly crazy because when you think about what he's doing, like he's bringing the world together, which is a very positive thing because that means that the world can progress as one and it will be closer. So by the world, by globalization and the world progressing as one, no countries will really be left behind, if you get what I mean. Like everyone will progress at different rates. But as long as they're progressing, it's good. That's why, like, uh, there's if people really want, if like companies want to make money, invest in Africa. <laughs> in Africa. Invest in Africa. Like Africa is such a gold mine. Like if Europe wants to catch up to the powers of the U.S. and China, invest in Africa. Because I yeah. You have this... Why, this why do you think China invests in Africa? Why do you think the Chinese government builds so many pipelines and funds so many projects for the Africans? Because the Chinese government are evil fuckers. It's because they will benefit from it because they know the vast amount of natural resources that they can tap into when they form like agreements with African countries. Like even... If they just move their comp, like if China moves their its companies from let's say decently uh, decent Asian countries to Africa, you'll be producing the same, but the costs will be so much less. So you're paying, you'll be paying people less because people in Africa don't really get paid. Like the the land is gonna take you to build 
will be will cost so much less. But yet again, are they not just exploiting Africa? No, I mean, it is it is exploitation. But like through the exploitation, Africa would still be progressing, because exploitation is seen as a bad thing. But you're forgetting that the Chinese, let's say in this matter, are still paying the people. So the Chinese are still paying the people. That means people have more money to spend. That means the economy will grow, and that means the governments will become stronger. So even though it's exploitation, exploitation isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a bad thing when you come when you take into account that they were paying their former employees in a different country way more for doing the same service just because their economy is better and they have to pay them that amount. But the like the, if they pay as long as they're paying like their employees in Africa, Africa will progress because there's more money in the system. But okay, there's. Three things I fear in this world. Putin. <laughs> the Chinese fucking government. Okay, no. I won't say the third thing. That I fear two things in life. The Chinese fucking government is the most evil people you'll ever find. I feel like... No, I love Chinese people. D- don't get me wrong. I like Chinese people. <laughs> but the Chinese government is... They, they, the regime is just fucked up on so many levels. Yeah, they're like really cunning. I mean, the other day, not even, this is even old news. So there was this professional tennis player. I don't know her name. But anyway, so she pretty much got like, uh, how can I say it? Sexually harassed by one of the Chinese government officials. And she literally just disappeared. My motherfucker disappeared. She was in the. She was going to play in like a tennis tournament and everything. And you you pull up like, uh, please go search it. And she literally what happens is she told like she told the press that this is what happened with the government. Uh, this guy was a straight up sexually harassed me. And she disappeared for the tennis tournament. And the people were like, where the fuck is she? Where in like, pull up. And she like, wrote like a note and said like, yeah, I, I just needed a break. Yeah. Uh, I'm completely fine. Tell me this is not like a straight up, like death threat. You, these guys are like, if you don't say this, fuck you. I mean, is, isn't that what was happening with like the Hong Kong situation in China? There were like a lot. There were a lot of protests going on in Hong Kong because Hong Kong wanted to become its own entity, its own state. Sort of like the Vatican City. Like it's a state, it's an independent state in Italy. But it's not really a country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Hong Kong wanted to become because Hong Kong knew of what the Chinese government was doing. Like it's communism and stuff. Because communism, it's, it suppresses people unknowingly. So for example, communism filters what the people receive in terms of information. So the people will always believe in the communism ways because they're always presented good information. They're not presented bad information. So that they so they believe that their way of life is working because communism is very productive, as you can see. But if, if uh, democracy were to be allowed in China, 
China will progress at a much slower rate. Because in democracy, everyone has a say. Everyone has power. But if the power is uh, like directed to a small group which knows what they're doing, the country will progress so much more. Because in a democracy, the power is divided. So the people who know their stuff, their opinions could say be like, could be voted out by the people who don't know their stuff. So the country will not progress as fast. But I mean, like, doesn't the China, like, this communism, isn't communism pretty much, if you want to be rich, whose government officials dick I need to suck, you know? Yeah. Wh- whose, whose hand I need to shake, you know? If you just a rice fucking field worker in China, you ain't getting shit. You barely getting bread. You're just eating rice day in and day out. But, you know, the people that want to actually have money, drive around with stuff, you know, you need to just know the right people. And this is completely fucked up, I feel, because in democracy, you at least have, like, an independent view, almost. You, you, you have an independency where you can yourself build your own richness. Even though your situation may be shit, you know, you may be born into, like, complete poverty, but even in the poverty, you can, with the right luck, with the right motivation, you can build richness. I'd say democracy is, is a fair, is fair. Yes. Democracy provides opportunity, but we live in an unfair world. And that's why communism sort of, like, triumphs democracy in terms of progressing a country or progressing towards a certain goal because the input on the issue will be less because it's controlled by less amount of people so if the input is less there will be less options for you to choose from what do you mean with input so like in a democracy let's say we're five people in a group and we want to make a business decision like five people have their say, but in a communism, let's say two people, there's still five people involved in the group, but two, but two, people. Pe- pe- two people have the power. So regardless of what the other two people say, the two people make the decision. So that means less input, so less options. Faster, faster actions though. Exactly, faster actions. And even if you get it wrong, like if you have two inputs and you get one wrong, it's going to be the other input. But if you have... Five inputs, and you get one wrong. You're going to get four inputs. You still have four inputs. So until you sort of like get to the right one, it's a longer process. But I feel like, okay, let's use this example. Two people are in communism. From this five people, the two people are making the decision. Yes. They can only put into account their own perspective of life. Exactly. But then again, with communism... It, it, it cares about the people. Like, communism needs the people to believe in what they're doing. Like, the Chinese government needs the Chinese society to believe in what it's doing. Be honest with me. Do you think the Chinese government gives a shit about their people? Yes. I don't believe that. I think the Chinese government just, you know, you have such a large amount of suppression... And people who barely get 
proper food, you know? Proper food ain't even a thing. And it's all, it's this exact same example where you have these two people who are way up the top who think about, okay, how can I make my life better? Because human nature is, human nature at its essence is selfish. Even though all you look around, you, you, you try to be, you know, look out for other people. But yeah. at the end of the day, you are selfish as shit. And, and you are selfish as shit. And you just care about yourself. Now you have this communism group where you have these two people out of five and they look after themselves. This yeah. is their two inputs. Then it comes to a point where they don't give a shit about the other three people anymore. But in democracy, you have five people with five equally different perspectives. Yes. And there's five equally different perspectives. You know, all people are fucked up in their own head. You know, like, yeah. and, and you're just decreasing the fucked upness once you give a broader perspective in. Because less people, or you listen to all these five perspectives and you're like, okay, wait. Number three has a good point over here. Yeah. You know, maybe we should not uh, use child slavery as a main thing to just increase production and keep costs low as fuck. And number five is like, okay, but, you know, there's the increased perspective just makes it more, work better. Yeah, but you're forgetting, in, let's say in this communistic example that we're using, of the two, of two people making the making the decisions are benefiting the other three people are benefiting as well because for the two people to benefit the company has to benefit the other three people are in the company so they will benefit without making a decision like it's fine by them like they're fine with being complacent as long as things get better like they're fine not, we're not having power but the company improves, as you know what I mean. Because they're just happy with the situation they yeah. are living in. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, if you... Okay. Like, that's the ideal world for a human. Like, the ideal world for a human is that you don't make a decision, but we get better. Like, try and think, when you try and make a decision, how torn up you are. And, like, how many pros and cons you take into account. And, like, how exhausted... It leaves you at the end of the day when you're trying to make a big decision. Now imagine you benefiting and not having to make a decision. That that is that is the most humane thing to do. I mean, human nature is like that. That the more decisions you get, the more unhappy you get. Exactly. If you have okay, listeners, this is think about this. You are laid in front of you, two, two pairs of shoes, and you can decide, okay, do I want the left pair of shoes or the right pair? This is all, this is all decision yeah. you have. Okay, you, you decide the happier one, you're like, okay, I like the left one, boom, I'm happy, I have shoes. But if you have 50 different pairs of shoes laying around you, and you have all these different decisions to make, and you are the one that needs to decide which of this 50 pairs of shoes I need to buy, man, that is the key to unhappiness because the more you get, the more you're like, okay, what if I could have, 
choosing that wouldn't that have been better yeah and not even that like imagine let's say you have two choices of these shoes right and you're making a decision and uh, let's say you're gonna benefit from it because you're gonna get the one you like the most so you're gonna benefit the most but let's say you go to your friend and you give him a free pair of shoes so he doesn't have to make the decision he just gets the shoes like he doesn't know what the options were like if it were up to him maybe he would have chosen the different shoe from the one he got but the fact that he got it and he didn't have to make a decision is going to be real happy with it he's like, just his ignorance is making him happy <laughs> i feel ignorance is the perfect word for this because once people know more once you you know okay so for me my ignorance was growing up in a third world country you know i came from south africa there's you know south africa is poor shit it's yet again again pareto principle you have people with a lot of money and you have people with barely enough money to buy bread for a day and then i went to hungary and i was like what like this is Europe. This is steps up into life. This is steps up into life. And Hungary is poor for Europe. And during my uh, <clears throat> spring break, I went to the Netherlands. And I saw the Netherlands and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is even more steps up than Hungary. And I feel like if you are in south africa and you live there and you can find the happiness of just you know the ignorance of this yeah. is life you know now i broke through this ignorance yeah. i saw europe i saw hungary and i was like yeah fuck yeah hungary is steps above this yeah then from that i went i broke the ignorance of hungary again to see netherlands and now that you experience this you'll always strive for better and it, and but if you don't know this, you won't strive for better. So you won't, you won't have the stress of getting to your goal. But isn't that what gives meaning to life? It depends. Because like, let's say you don't have an, a particular meaning to life, but you live a happy life. Would you rather have a meaningful life with less happiness? Or would you rather have a meaningless life full of happiness depends on what you see as meaningless i mean if i am happy just sitting on the couch the whole day fuck no that's not part of my personality my personality can't just sit on a couch what brings meaning to my life that okay maybe what brings meaning to my life may be meaningless to other people exactly and that's what Gives me the happiness. But like, there are so many couch potatoes that are perfectly, perfectly happy to just binge watch a series on binge watch a series on the couch. But they're happy, so like but, to you it's meaningless life. To them it may be a meaningless life also because they're not being as productive as other people. But they're happy, and as long as you're happy, you don't really care. You don't give a shit. So if you work in that rice field in fucking China. Receiving less than fuck all, yeah. you know, you you love if you if you don't break that ignorance circle, that ignorance roof above your head, man. This is life. My my life is 
working in the my in the rice field, going home, eating more rice, and, and this gives me happiness. Even if that is a meaningless life, but let's say the government wants you to grow more rice, so you're gonna earn more money. Even if to you that is a meaningless life, you're gonna sell more rice, and that's gonna make you more money, and it's gonna make you more happy because money doesn't equate happiness but it solves a lot of problems and the less problems you have the happier you are now this is my one problem of communism this exact happiness story like, because each person is different in essence yeah what i find meaningful isn't what you find meaningful yeah and you you can find it in all parents you know like you have this parents that find meaning in this is a very, uh, <laughs> how can I say it, a generalization. It's not always like that. But you have the stereotypical Asian parents that like, for you to have meaning, you need to be get a doctor. doctorate yeah, yeah. degree. Get, be a nurse. Go to Harvard Medical School, <clears throat> Medical School, otherwise you are not shit to me. But what for that person is meaning, meaningful, what brings him happiness is different. And in communism, you are almost put into your own meaning. Your, your meaning is to make rice. But that does not necessarily make the people who are doing, working in the rice fields or working in the supermarket or stuff like that, that does not necessarily bring them meaning to life. But in a democracy where you have this more independent, more choiceful, more broader perspective into life, you have more opportunities to branch into what you find meaningful, to find what you find makes you happy. And I feel to essence that is our goal in life before we, you know, reach our crippling age of not being able to do anything. Yeah, your, your goal in life is to be happy. Your goal in life is not to reach your goals, but to be happy. Because once you reach your goals, you will set new goals. It's, it never occurs that you reach your goals and you stop at that. No, there's always, there's always, I don't know who is the, um, I can't remember, but it was an Oscar, uh, Oscar presentation. This guy, he says, they ask him, who is your role model? He says, my role model is me 10 years from now. And if you ask me 10 years later, you know, you know who's going to be my role model now? Not the 10 years previous me, the 10 years of me in the future. Because plain way, people are never just satisfied. Yeah, we're never satisfied. It's you, not, it's one nature. goal leads to another goal, and goals lead to goals and goals. And you can never find happiness by reaching the goal, but it's almost in the process of reaching the goal yeah. where you need to find the happiness. And, uh, yes, I think just be happy. <laughs> just be motherfucking happy. It's a, it's a good way to end the podcast. Exactly. And uh, this is how I want to say to the readers, to the listeners, not the readers. Uh, I want to say, find your meaning in life. And find, be happy. Yes. Find in this, if you find anything, if what you are doing now does not make you happy. Change. It is, meaning, it is meaningless to you. Find something meaningful. If it's meaningless to, let's say, your parents, fuck them. Yeah, it's, it's your about life. your happiness. It's about your life. And 
yet again, I want to say I hope no war breaks out very soon. I'm shitting myself. I I hope my scholarship money keeps me yeah. <laughs> keeps I, me. I afloat. hope this podcast doesn't cause the war. <laughs> and uh, I want to say this is the GVO podcast, the Good Vibes Only podcast. Uncut, uncensored, and thank you for my guest, Carl. Uh, a, uh, outro for you. I would like to thank you for this opportunity to share my knowledge. It was, I enjoyed it very much, and I hope to make a return soon. Very, very soon. Thank you very much. Cool.